0: You want to do this yeah let's do it. roll into it absolutely all right hell yeah nick thanks for joining me man i appreciate it nice absolutely. to meet you
1: nice to meet you too great so, to seeing you in the flesh
0: yeah yeah so i um i found out about this because i don't know i came across you on linkedin somehow but you had a you had a message up that said basically hey i'm working on an nft project message me if you want details and i was just talking to somebody i think maybe five minutes before that about nfts and just the fact that I didn't understand them almost at all, like I have a basic understanding. But I came across this, and I was like, all right, I'll message them to see what happens. And you're like, yeah, I got this whole project going on. I'm doing all these things. And I was like, shit, I <laughs> didn't even know you could use NFTs like this. So can you, real quick, can you give everyone like a, a rundown of of what you're doing with this project and – yeah, let's start there, and then we can kind of dive into how you got into it, and then let's let's go all over the place. You good with that?
1: Absolutely. Um, I'm actually going to explain what NFTs are, just so they can kind of build an understanding of what Sweet. that is, and then I'll explain what I'm doing with NFTs. So, NFTs are essentially digital assets tied to the blockchain. Blockchain is just a way to store data. And an NFT, you have a multitude of things that are able to do with an NFT, but it typically comes in the form of digital art, like a JPEG. And that uh, that comes from some sort of project, like I'll use Board API Club, which is a very um, familiar and popular NFT project. It's It comes with a digital art, but then there's real world utility tied to the NFT. So the NFT is just kind of a vehicle for, building a community and then also having real world things that you can interact with the nft. Okay. Um, is there any other questions that you have with nft or is it still uh, Well, so similar? on
0: that, you brought up something. I don't want to steer us too far off track. But okay. We're going to get off track anyway. Yeah, so, what do you so what do you mean by what do you mean by community? Like how does that work? So
1: there's a there's a process with building the community. You have the initial foundation that you build prior to launch. So okay, you you're posting the artwork. You're building Discord out. You're bringing people into the Discord. You're saying like, okay, the first thousand people then get whitelist, which is a guaranteed um, pre-sale access to purchasing the NFTs. So you're guaranteeing a spot within the project. Let's say the community's grown far past the actual supply then this is where the real value is like you have a secured spot within the community because you've been whitelisted white okay so you have that initial period of people coming into the project trying to secure a spot and then you have people who are like oh like this art's amazing and then you also you're like okay I'm going to be doing this with the project and they start to see your vision and then a community kind of forms around that okay yeah and so
0: does it in this case so we'll kind of explain what you're doing with this, but in this case is it the art that's kind of driving people to this or is it the like the work that you're doing is driving people to it and the art is kind of a way that people can say like all right, I'm getting a piece of value out of this in addition to what you're doing? Like what what comes first in your mind for this?
1: For my project or yeah. for all projects? For your project. So I haven't necessarily pushed the community build on it. Okay. I've been more trying to build the idea out and prove that like what it is that I'm saying I'm going to do, I'm going to fulfill over the next year and for the foreseeable future. And then we're about building the right community. Uh, most projects are targeting everybody. I'm trying to be more specific with who I'm bringing into the community.
0: Yeah. So like, and, and I don't say this as like a, A knock on it but I was going through the website and part of it is like when you go through and you sign up for not sign up but when you buy one of these NFTs part of it is to get access to it you do have to participate in these trash cleanups and if you don't participate in enough of them then you get put on like a probation and and then you don't get access to the actual benefits of it so it's got it's interesting that you're saying that because maybe that's that's why we're well maybe that's why you're not seeing nfts used in this way that you're doing it because they're trying to be too open and maybe it actually I don't know maybe it's actually like a benefit to have that type of thing where you're you're getting people that think the same way about your actual mission because all this all this is you're starting a business so you got to make money with it but mm-hmm. two you're you're also doing this to like actually clean up the environment. So rather than just having people like buy things and then it doesn't matter, you're actually forcing them to kind of get involved with it. So it's, it's not just, Hey, invest in this thing. It's more like invest in it, be a part of it and actually do something with it. That's kind of what I, now that you mentioned it, that's kind of like how I'm, I'm seeing it. Does that make sense?
1: I think so. I, uh, I wanted to work in a way that was kind of using reverse psychology where it's like, I don't want you to, I don't want everybody to be a part of this. And so it's like, okay, like now I, I want to be a part of it because not everybody can be a part of it. So it's creating a second, a second layer of exclusivity and it's, uh, it's weeding out all the people who. Don't really want to participate in what it is that we're doing, which is a lot of people. I I, yeah. I I understand like picking up trash isn't a very glorious thing, but it's a problem that we create as a society, and so I believe that it's our responsibility to do something about it.
0: Yeah, well, even like look at me, dude. I was like, well, let me know when you're going to do this trash cleanup, yeah. and it was, and and then I um I have like a one month old, so I was like. I didn't sleep the night before it was that Saturday. And I was like, there's no fucking way I'm getting up there. Like <laughs> going, driving two and a half hours to, to get to that. And it's like, yeah, I, I say that I want to do things all the time and then I just don't fucking do them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I, I get that side of things. So that said, right, there's probably going to be a bunch of people that are like me that kind of want to do something. And then, uh, my, my, mouth is bigger than my actions a lot of times. But like how how are you finding people that want to be a part of this project that feel pretty similarly to you that are like willing to really go that extra mile and, and do all this stuff?
1: It's a great question. It's uh like I said, it's a weeding process. It's definitely a love sifting and it's putting my energy in the, the right places. So I put on my story on Instagram, on Snapchat, like, hey, like, I'm going to be doing a trash cleanup on this date at this time. And I had some people reach out saying like, oh, like, okay, like, I'd be interested in coming out. Like, I love what you're doing. Like, let me know whenever you're doing trash cleanup. And so I reached out to these people. None of them showed up. But I, which is typical, like the first, first trash cleanup, and I don't want to veer away from what I was saying, but the first trash cleanup, I had maybe 15, 20 people reach out and say like, oh my gosh, like, this is amazing. I'd love to join you. Like, let me know. I'll be there next time. Nobody showed out. Yep. Same thing the next time, nobody showed out. And so eventually it, it, it was me having to like go directly to the source and be like, hey, like I need you to come out. Yeah. And then they'd come out. But I I reached out to Keep Pasco Beautiful. I was working with Keep Lee County Beautiful when I was here. Mm-hmm. And so I was kind of familiar with the process. I was like, "Hey, like this is what I need." And so I was working with Kristen Kristen King, and she was able to um send out an email to a bunch of people within her network that had come out to prior trash cleanups for them. And I had a bunch of people reach out like, "Hey, like I can't make it this time or like, I'm able to make it out and like, I'll be there. And there's supposed to be like 20 people, but we ended up with eight, which was fantastic. That's it was more pretty than, good. Yeah, yeah. More than one. And so like, I was there, the yeah. event started at 10 o'clock and nobody showed up till like 10, 15. I was like, there's no way it's just going to be me today. Yeah. <laughs> and slowly trickled in, but it was a, uh, it was a very successful cleanup. We cleaned up over a thousand pounds in three hours and like, holy shit. Yeah. I I think there's a picture. I I might have sent it to you or it might be my Instagram page. Okay. And the amount of trash that, that we're able to pick up in just the one area was absolutely insane. Cleanlands
0: Project, Instagram. Let's see if we can pull this up here. All right. Let me change this up. throw this here. Alright, so that way now everybody can see what's going on on the screen here. Beautiful. And uh, just a little plug for Spotify. If you are listening on Spotify, you can watch this video. If you're not, you can watch it on Spotify or YouTube. So, so which one are we looking it's at? going
1: can be that one in the middle on the top. This? Yep. That's one. So if you go to click the right arrow on the picture. Okay. That one right there. So... I'd say all together, just in that picture, <clears throat> this wasn't, this wasn't from the, the trash in the picture prior. This was exclusively from that area that we cleaned up. And that all altogether was about like 15 bags of trash filled to the top. And each one weighed close to 50 to 100 pounds. Damn. Yeah, absolutely insane. People were so there were kids the uh, I think the average age was maybe like 13. And so Three of them are having to carry the bag to the dumpster and then me and Jerry we're carrying like two bags, but each one again is weighing like a hundred pounds. Yeah. Absolutely insane.
0: Yeah. Well, dude, this is this is pretty cool. And actually it's probably good that it's young people doing this too. Absolutely. Now. Get Absolutely. used to it now and actually be part of it. And probably young people are gonna be the ones that are willing to Adopt some of this cryptocurrency and yeah. find some value in NFTs because they're not thinking like, "Whoa, would I spend my money on this?" Whoa. They're like, <laughs> "Oh, this is just cool." Like, I can think of all the things that I bought then and didn't look at it as any kind of investment or something. But yeah, you never know how how things
1: change. But this is so. How many pounds was this? A thousand. So. I wanted, actually, I did bring out a scale, like a a scale that you have in your bathroom. So I could like weigh everything. I was going to take the difference from like me being on the scale initially and then bringing the trash on the scale with me, taking the difference there. But with all that trash, it just wasn't feasible and everybody had to get going. So I was like, okay, like just bring the trash to the dumpster. And the next time, hopefully I'll have a truck. Hopefully, so we're going to be doing another trash cleanup in January. It's going to be January 9th if you want to come out to that one. All right. Or...
0: Or part of the deal is that you can do it the same day, but you can be somewhere else, Exactly.
1: Right? That's the idea that I'm going for is to expand our efforts outside of just wherever I am. Okay. And so with the NFT project, that allows me to expand my reach outside of the U.S. into all these other countries. Um, I mean, being able to have a thousand people pick up trash, at the same time from anywhere in the world that's that's really making impact in my opinion
0: yeah agreed and plus it's with if you're doing this stuff with nfts you're dealing with uh a not it's kind of an international currency if you think about it because are are there any restrictions like internationally with them unless okay what is that well i don't I don't need like the the whole technical deep dive but like yeah. what would just be an example of that. I know you mentioned you, it would be cool to have somebody in Japan go do like a cleanup the same time and then by buying it with Solana, right? Solana, yeah. Okay. okay. So by buying Solana. it with that and then they can be a part of this around the world, like literally on the other side of the world. Mm-hmm. So like what are some of the the international boundaries with that that you see aside from like China banning. That's the idea. So you have
1: India and China who have restrictions around cryptocurrency. And if you're caught transacting, so there's, I went through a whole article that was explaining like each country and what, what sort of, um, I guess laws around cryptocurrency they had where it was either like, you're not able to transact, you're not able to hold, you're not able to, um, invest like there's a bunch of different sure. um, requirements or laws that they have against cryptocurrency and so that restrict them from being able to participate in this nft project um, outside of that you have security laws so like in the u.s I don't, I don't need to get too deep into that but um, there's some nfts that generate passive income and in the u.s that that falls in line with the security and so that could that could also conflict with it but that's not going to be anything that I'm doing with my NFT project.
0: Oh, okay. So some NFTs have like almost basically like dividends that they pay out or yeah. something along those lines. Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, so one of the NFTs I had, it was called uh piggy soul gang. And okay. <laughs> I can pull the picture if you want, I can send it to you. Yeah. Um, so the, uh, the pigs, they were, they were a, uh, a 2d JPEG and, they're a very simple picture of a pig and this guy that is exactly yep beautiful <laughs> so i own oh, one of these guys right here
0: i've seen i saw something like this that was like farm it was like farm animals though it yeah. was slightly different but okay
1: so this is a a pretty big trend is creating some sort of animal and making ten thousand of them and okay uh, yeah creating a nft project around that so the the pigs here they were they were a standalone nft and then they created a derivative of it so they created like a a female pig to like partner with this pig and then (laughs) in q1 of next year they're going to be breeding okay they're going to have baby pigs which is going to be like a a mesh of both characteristics of the nfts and then that's that's a whole nother rabbit hole but they uh the developers behind this project they created alpha art which is a marketplace and so the the transaction fees would then be pooled into this account and then distributed to all the holders of this project so we'd be making passive income through all the transactions happening on their marketplace okay and so i initially bought bought a pig for eight solana and then the uh once they announced that the floor price so the the very the the cheapest nft from this project then went from eight to about 32 solana oh shit in about a week and a half and then isn't that quite a
0: bit of
1: u.s dollars that is quite a bit of u.s dollars i mean so that's uh that's what four x right there or yeah eight times four yeah 32 So it's a 4x in about a week and a half, and each Solana right now, the price is about $200. So a nice chunk of change. Yeah. And I was like, okay, like this is, this is going to be a great project. Like I put in maybe, I bought Solana when I was around like $40, $70. And so it wasn't as much money investing into this pig. (laughs) (laughs) And so I was like, okay, over the next year, like if I, somebody had laid out the metrics for me and I was like, okay, like if I hold this pig, these two pigs, then they're going to pay for themselves over the next year. And then after that, like it's just profit and then I can liquidate it and it's also profit. So I was like, okay, like I'm going to hold on to them, forget about them. And I was watching the, uh, the sales bot go off, which is, it's like an automated thing that reports any transactions on secondary markets. Okay. And so I saw the price go from, to 32 and then they announced that they were no longer able to do the um the revenue distribution or whatever you want to call it sure and then they were explaining like hey like this is a security issue for people in the u.s so like we're no longer able to do it and then the floor price went from 32 down to one ah yeah
0: ah yeah That's, so uh, that's why people. So that's where the value was coming in for people initially was you can buy you can buy these. Then if you own it, you're part of a like a distribution. So I guess as the price goes up or something like that, then there's like a payout, and then you would get paid like what in Solana.
1: So you would get paid. Are you saying from the? Uh The revenue distribution? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, you would get paid in Solana. Um, You can't buy an NFT right now, from my understanding, with fiat currency, so the US dollar. Okay. You have to be purchasing with cryptocurrency. So the payout would then be in cryptocurrency and the native currency that the NFT belongs to. So since this is built on Solana, then the payout's going to be in Seoul. So
0: Solana is is then a... It is its own blockchain. Correct. Okay, so you have... So this was one of the things when we talked last time that that helped me understand some of this. So you have the blockchain technology. In this case, they've built their own blockchain, and that blockchain is called Solana. So that exists as its own thing. It's not like, oh, Solana is like a thing of Bitcoin. It's totally... It's like you have your your servers over here and then somebody else has their servers over here, like that's, it's a totally different system. Yes, okay. correct. And then so then within this, this is this is a blockchain and then everything from here is a blockchain technology. So everything that's derived from Solana now becomes a blockchain technology, whether that's a currency, whether that's an art, whether that's, I guess, whatever the hell else you can do with this stuff, but is that the basic
1: gist of it? So I don't know if I would use the term blockchain technology per se. Okay. Um, I don't know the discrepancies between like blockchain technology and just existing on the blockchain. Okay. But it's built on Solana's blockchain. And for people who don't really understand the, the whole idea of like two different servers running, I would say that you have Bitcoin, let's say you are Bitcoin, I'm Solana. All the experiences that you have throughout your entire life, that's unique to you and that exists within your memory. Yep. And then everything that I've experienced is unique to me and belongs to me. So we're two separate entities, but we're storing all these memories ourselves.
0: Got it. Okay. That's yeah. a that's a really good way of putting it. So everything that happens on the bitcoin blockchain that's going through that goes through the ledger every transaction is there being verified and in a separate entity is solana and they're doing the same thing not the same thing well not necessarily exactly the same but keeping track of their own experiences and and correct okay
1: yeah as far as the blockchain itself yes they both produce their own blockchain which is just a way to store data Yeah. So then, so what are the differences between, what are the differences between these two? So Bitcoin, you cannot build dApps on. dApps are just decentralized applications. Okay. And it's, uh, how can I put Bitcoin? So Bitcoin is more or less just a storage of value. Whereas Solana or Ethereum, you have the ability to build on top of it. Okay. Um. Bitcoin you do have layer two solutions which are just things that you're building on top of and I heard this really great example the other day is that YouTube's essentially like a layer one solution um and in the idea of like it's a it's a application or it's a a place that things are done on and then the the content creators they're the layer two solutions they're building on top of youtube they don't have to create a youtube um a whole youtube they just have to
0: create the things that are they just have to create a
1: channel within youtube got it so bitcoin you can't really build on top of bitcoin you can improve bitcoin's throughput which the lightning network is doing that that's just allowing for um more efficient transactions more transactions per second and then On Ethereum or Solana, you're able to build these dApps where you're able to either like improve the throughput, you're able to um, build something like Sandbox, which is a metaverse. Um, You're able to do a bunch of different stuff on there. And then you also have the the DeFi portion with um, Ether, which is the native currency on Ethereum that powers the Ethereum network. So like anything that you're like with purchasing NFT on Ethereum, you're using ETH. You can't use Solana. Got you can't it. use yep. Bitcoin. You have to use ETH.
0: You're you're existing in that blockchain. Exactly.
1: You're in. You're entering into this world, and like you have to use this currency when you're here. Got but it. if you want to go into Solana, then you can do so. Or if you want to go into another blockchain, you can do that too. Okay.
0: And so, it, in your eyes, is the benefit of building this project on Solana that it's a little maybe? I could have this totally wrong. but Is it less crowded? Like, is there
1: that's definitely very true. Um, That's not that's not necessarily the reason why I'm building on there. Um, It's more so I haven't compared Solana to the other blockchains that are out there, um, except for Ethereum, in the sense of the environmental impact. But Ethereum right now is proof of work, which requires a lot more computers in the network or nodes in the network. And so that's uh, requires a lot more energy. Whereas proof of stake, requires you to not mine mine code or mine transactions, which is just processing transactions and then all the nodes on the network agreeing that like this is a correct transaction and then recording that onto a public ledger, which is exactly what blockchain is. Um, proof of stake is, is essentially lending your tokens, your currency to the network to validate the transactions. And so you have fewer nodes on the network and they're not; they don't require as much computing power. They do require a lot of computing power, but it's much less relative to the proof of work concept, where anybody can be a node, and like, everybody's processing all these transactions at a very inefficient rate. Okay, okay. So
0: that that's one of the downsides of like the full decentralization is that it does take like a lot more computing power because anybody can kind of become a node and it's just a more in-depth process or is Solana equally as decentralized and it's just something different
1: that's contributing to that? So I would say that Ethereum's more decentralized because it's all over the world and anybody can be a part of the network. Yep. Solana currently has like 620 um, nodes on their network or validators on their network who are just validating all the transactions. Um, so for that that reason and that reason alone, I would say that Ethereum is more decentralized. But I'd assume that Solana eventually will get to a point where it's much more decentralized. Right now, it's a it's I think only within year two of being built and like oh, put out. Wow. Yeah, so it's a very new, very new blockchain. Um, Ethereum's been out since I believe twenty fifteen, so it's had a lot more time to build out, and then. Um, that's why it's seen so much value and seen so much adoption is because it's the first player in the space. And then Bitcoin too is the first player in the blockchain technology or the cryptocurrency space. Yeah. But it's also it's also supposed to serve as the the greatest storage of value known to mankind. Bitcoin.
0: Okay. I don't I don't know if you want to dive into that, but uh yeah, like why is that? I hear it's like more valuable than gold in some ways,
1: or it's like more finite than gold, or something like that. So it's a. I'm reading the Bitcoin Standard right now. I don't know who the author is, but it's a. It's a good book. It's got quite the vocabulary in it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and so I'm constantly li- having to look up these words, but it's a. It's a a nice history lesson on how we've came to the US dollar and then how we moved away from the gold standard and the idea of centralization, the problems tied to that. And then what, what the decentralized world offers, especially in the terms of currency. Okay. Um, so I can go, I can go way back to when we were, I don't know exactly what location it was, but there's an island somewhere. And the currency was these like stones and they would put them in the middle of the town and you couldn't really move the stone. So like, you didn't have to worry about someone stealing it. And like everybody knew who, like who owned each stone. And so it created a, a hard currency where like, you weren't able to inflate it because it took a lot of manpower in order to create more and like put more into circulation. And you, uh, everybody respected it. So it was able to be transacted really well. It was, uh, they used the word saleable, and so eventually somebody came around and was like, "Hey, like I can produce these at a, a much more, um, in a much more cost-effective way, in a much more efficient manner too." And so this guy who didn't belong to the island went out, got these stones, brought it to the island, and the king of the island was like, "No, like I don't, I don't want these here. Like you're going to inflate our currency. Like our people didn't work for this stone," and so he said no to him and then this guy found another group of people from the village and was like hey like we'll take it from you and so it just eventually started to inflate and then the currency went to shit and so you Whoa. go into so
0: how, how long ago was that
1: this was hundreds of years ago and then you have in africa with these like glass i don't know if you want to talk about this but like sure. eventually it leads into going on to the gold standard and how that was uh I can't remember the exact term for it, but that was the the era of prosperity is like everybody's on this one currency and like people are able to preserve their wealth. And then since we gave our currency to a centralized authority, a bank, and then the government had the control over the bank, they were then able to manipulate the circulating supply. And we eventually moved off the gold standard, which then devalued our currency and devalued our wealth and then we essentially i wanted to explain this but when you when you have somebody who's able to fabricate more currency they're able to extract the wealth from whoever's holding that initial wealth and create their own wealth and so that's essentially what the government did to the u.s and all over the world but they uh i'm trying to remember where it was so they they eventually took us off the gold standard and they started inflating the u.s dollar and that i totally blanked where i was going with that but well
0: it's that that side of things i was just talking to somebody his name's brett he was a guest on the show Mm -hmm. a couple episodes back and uh we were actually talking exactly about some of this stuff and he told me to go check out this thing it's called 99 bitcoins it's like a newsletter that kind of teaches you the history of this stuff. Okay. But he was talking about that transfer in currency where it went from the gold standard to a fiat currency. And then now all of a sudden we're on this, which I still don't understand, but we're on this debt system where, like you said, the money can kind of be extracted, moved away from the people, put into this kind of centralized control and They can kind of do with it whatever they want. Mm -hmm. We don't really have that much say in it because even if we elect people, they still make decisions on our behalf. They're still getting influenced by lobbyists, by all this kind of stuff. And yeah, we just don't have like a direct say in it. And we can't even really see what's going on with it. It, it's, It's definitely centralized away from us. That's how I see it.
1: Absolutely. And so one of the biggest issues with... So the idea of the the gold standard was that there's a very scarce amount of gold. And to extract gold from the Earth's surface, we've only been able to um, increase the supply by 2% once ever in a year's time.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: Yeah, it was one time and I think the... Maybe it was the eighteen hundreds or early nineteen hundreds, and after that, we've we've stayed below two percent. And so, with uh, say that
0: say that again, um, what exactly? So like, when you're saying to increase it, the most we've been able to do is by two percent, correct? Just because of this, the fact of what it takes to mine it, what it takes to find it, what it t- find it, <laughs> what it takes to like actually get it put into circulation. Feasibly what we could have done in the past was only really get two percent added. So exactly at the most, you're really looking at two percent, maybe four percent or something like if like market sentiment changed, but
1: even like, so it's only gone to above two percent once and it stayed below three. So even then, if it were to two X, like it's five percent that's going to be added into circulation, which is nothing relative and now, to the inflation that we're seeing. Every single year, especially this year.
0: Yeah. Well, and now it, the standard average is what? 3%, 2%,
1: 3% a year? Something ridiculous. What is it now? <sighs> so I want to say I, I'm going to give a, a false number here. But right. I think it's like 5% something absolutely yeah.
0: absurd. Dude, it's it's crazy. I mean, yeah. It's like what did you think was going to happen if you have doubled the amount of uh, currency in circulation or exactly. one and a half did? Yeah. You know, in a year and a half, gee, I wonder what's, what's <laughs> going to happen to it.
1: So, uh, the idea of like gold not being able to be replicated, like you can't just fabricate gold. So, how does that
0: tie into like the way that Bitcoin set up? And I guess the, the yeah, you know, let's do that. And then my follow up is like, how does that tie into other crypto technology?
1: Yeah. So, Bitcoin has a scarce, supply and it's a limited supply it cannot be there cannot be any more bitcoin added once it reaches max supply of 21 million and so with that idea that allows people to understand that like hey there's never going to be any more bitcoin like gold we can get more gold there's never going to be any more bitcoin and then you also have people who were into bitcoin initially and had bitcoin on a ledger which is just a hardware wallet or they had a a software wallet that they forgot a password to and now they can't access their bitcoin so you have all this bitcoin that's circulating that's not going to ever be touched again because nobody has access to it so it's bringing down the the uh, supply i guess it's unrealized but the supply from what michael say said he believes that the max supply is going to be 14 million opposed to 21 million so when you take that in account like we we don't really have that many Bitcoin supply in circulation. And so that's just going to increase the value of Bitcoin because it's such a scarce commodity. So,
0: okay. All right. That makes sense. And so when you... So what is the supply at now? Like what's the number that's been mined?
1: So I think we're sitting right below 19 million or like right at 19 million.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's pretty much... It's kind of hit the... Almost the max capacity of what can be mined. Correct. And
1: okay. there's, a, there's a halving that happens every four years, which is just the payout that you receive for mining Bitcoin. And so we just went through a, a halving this last year, I believe. Maybe it was this year. It's It's been a blend. Sure. Um, and so it won't happen for another four years. But I think that, I think that we're going to see the max supply cap out in the next four. Okay. Maybe four to eight. I'm not too sure. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. But the other idea of Bitcoin being superior to gold in this sense is because it's decentralized. There's no authority figure who controls Bitcoin. It's it's essentially owned and operated by the network of nodes. Yeah. So it's uh, it provides full decentralization. Nobody's going to take your money. Nobody's going to inflate your money this is again the ultimate storage value yeah for that reason
0: well and that's that's what that's what's appealing about it go ahead
1: sorry i got super no, excited about this so the idea of gold too like you can't go buy something with gold like if you have a gold bar like you walk into like a restaurant like <laughs> hey like just take off like a little bit of this gold you can't do that with bitcoin <laughs> sliver yeah exactly like it, it's not a. It's not able to be divisible. Like it is, but it takes a lot more to do that post to Bitcoin where it's on your phone. Like everybody has a phone nowadays. I don't, I don't know the exact percentage of the world population, but a majority of them have a phone or some sort of access to, to technology. And so.
0: And if you don't have a phone, you definitely don't have gold.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So it makes it much easier because you can transact from your phone. Um, it's able to be divided into satoshis which are just fractions of bitcoin and then once you have one full bitcoin then it's a bitcoin but eventually eventually you'll be using satoshis as the the uh amount for whatever payment so like let's say you're going to be buying a cup of coffee for like 0.0002 satoshis opposed to five dollars yeah so it's going to be a worldwide currency that everybody accepts isn't that wild crazy absolutely insane but it it creates a world that's borderless and provides opportunity to everybody
0: yeah yeah it's hard to wrap your head around
1: it's it is but we're long overdue for it
0: yeah i believe yeah i'm and I don't have an opinion either way because I'm still learning all this shit. And yeah. I'm like, I feel like I'm, uh, you've got the wave and I'm like somewhere just behind the <laughs> wave and I'm like paddling really hard to get on the wave. And I'm like, all right, we'll see where this goes. Like that's, <laughs> But it it, it is, uh, that's the stuff that makes me kind of curious about this of how we're going to use it for real currency because the investment side of things, it kind of scares me because, like, the investment stuff, it makes makes me anxious because of the, like, volatility of the price of it, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, that stuff doesn't necessarily... I don't understand it, Uh but, like, hearing it used as an actual currency is intriguing because of what we've got with the fiat currencies going on, like mm-hmm. so much fuckery from like a small group of people that can do it. And then the price of Bitcoin goes up and down like crazy. But, and it seems like a small group of people can influence it. Like Absolutely. if Elon Musk Absolutely. is like tweets or something, then it can change a lot. But, um, well, that's kind of, I don't know, I don't want like, that helps a lot because it helps me understand it. So getting back to what you're doing yeah. with your project. So thanks for walking me through that. I think Absolutely. I think that'll help people with the context too of of some of the ways it's, this stuff can be used because when you first told me you were planning on using NFTs to help clean the environment, I was like what the fuck are you <laughs> talking about? Like not like, oh, you're crazy, but literally as in like I don't understand. Yeah. Or how you get from digital art to that. So what yeah, what give me the rundown of what, what you're doing and and all this kind of stuff.
1: Absolutely. So it is a learning curve. Like this whole industry's it's uh it can be overwhelming. It can be daunting at times too because there's so much information out there and so many technical terms that people are throwing at you and you're like, bro, I have no idea what the fuck <laughs> you're saying right now. Like, <laughs> and, then, and so what I'm doing with the NFT project is I'm using the NFTs as a vehicle to build a community. And I'm also using that to provide liquidity, to do what it is I'm trying to do with, um, with the project, which is create a, a fully sustainable business model, um, using trash that we pick up from our trash cleanups. So I'll be creating a upcycling product line using the, for example, I, uh, I went to the past trash cleanup that we just had pulled up yesterday when you called me, actually. And I went through, I like rang out the clothes that were full of dirt and sand. And then I brought them to a laundromat and washed those. And then I'm going to be using some of the, the, um, the fabric from those clothes to create tote bags. And so I'll create a, a line of tote bags and then I'll also get some of the shirts and like, maybe bleach them, like create designs there. Um, I did send you a video of some pants that, like, the uh, the string was coming off of the Nike symbol. And so I was like, okay, like, let me paint over the Nike symbol and, like, kind of, like, recreate yeah. it a little bit. And I was like, you know what? Like, let me just do some other stuff. And so then I just kept going with it. And, like, I spent maybe 20 hours just working on these pair of pants just <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> letting my mind go wild. And so creating, like, these different designs for T-shirts, for pants that people can can wear and they th- find appealing from trash. Yeah. And so, uh, so you I,
0: have so you have that side of things, and correct. then also you've got the actual purchasing of the the NFTs that go with it. So, what can you give me a rundown of what that is, and then what that kind of entitles you to, or what that gets somebody that buys it? Like, what's the end? What's the end result for somebody that buys it, basically?
1: Yeah. So. If you are purchasing an NFT, which we're launching the tier one NFTs next Wednesday, um, the NFT provides you with a seat on our board of trustees, which is going to be in charge of donations that will be um, distributed from our nonprofit that we'll be starting once we launch, once we're fully launched. So we'll, we'll be reserving about let's say 30%. So it's going to be about 50% of our total revenue that we generate from the minting process. So just the initial sale, Um, we'll be allocating that for donations. And then I'll be taking about 20% of that to build out the nonprofit and everything that I'm trying to do with the homeless and impoverished communities. And then the other 30%, I'll take about 15 of that and allocate it to organizations and charities that are doing something that falls in line with what I believe and with what it is I'm doing with TCLP. And then the other 15% will be voted on by our our DAO, our board of trustees, our NFT holders.
0: Okay. Okay, so basically if you get if you get in early, the initial money is going to basically set up the foundation to be able to do to to grow this thing, to set up more cleanups to actually build a a board out and and then successfully expand it so it's not just a a one-time trash cleanup type of thing It, it can grow into like an actual machine that can support what you're trying to do
1: exactly so each nft that's minted is going to be 20 pounds of trash that we we guarantee to have picked up over the next year so The minting process starts the 15th of December and then our tier two will be launching on the 30th of December. And then we have another tier three launching on the 15th of January, I believe. And then our last tier, tier four will be on February 1st. And so by that time, we should have, we've already completed the January trash cleanup. And so using the numbers that we got from this past trash cleanup, We should have been able to already um, fill in or fulfill half of the IOUs to our NFT holders with the the trash cleanup. So we should. We picked about a thousand pounds, so twenty divided or a thousand divided by twenty. That's about what fifty. Yep. So we'll then we'll go through the process of. Airdropping these tokens, the uh, twenty-pound NFT tokens, which are essentially like, "Hey, like we fulfilled our promise to you that we'll pick up these um, twenty pounds of trash." That way, they get another NFT that's exclusive to them, and it's uh, it's three D, it's animated, it looks cool, and it's uh, it's again just saying like, "Hey, like we we fulfilled what it is that we said that we're gonna do."
0: So, like, all right, so you you gave us you donated, you got your NFT, and then we did the cleanup, and then here's basically confirmation that we did the cleanup
1: with a piece of art. Correct. And the the idea is to tie that moment to the blockchain. So like- What that, do you mean? That moment that like we picked up this trash, and like you were, so let's say you're one of the purchasers of the NFT. So I'm gonna go in the order of which people purchase. So let's say you're one of the first people. So during that first trash cleanup, we're going to pick up, again, let's say a thousand pounds. And then we're going to work our way all the way up to that 50 50 person mark. And we're going to record like, hey, like we picked up this trash and like now this is tied to the blockchain. Like we've done it. And like you can go back and see that like we did it on this date.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So what... That's kind of cool. So what's what Well, what is the point of that? And it doesn't have to be like I'm not saying like, oh, what's the point? It's like, but what what's your goal with doing
1: that and having that timestamp? I think that it just allows me to capitalize on everything that blockchain has to offer. Yeah. Like I'm I am so consumed by web three and everything that has the offer and what's going on there. And being able to be a part of it with this NFT project, like that allows me to immerse myself in it and like do all the things that it has to offer. So being able to just incorporate that to like a, a next level is just, it's cool to me.
0: Yeah. So I want to come back to the web, web three thing, Okay. but staying on your project real quick. So, all right. So if somebody gets involved with it, Basically, they they buy they buy Solana, and then part of it would be taking that Solana, or it's called Sol. Soul. Okay. Soul is, is the currency. So they buy Soul on the Solana system, then they can buy an NFT uh, from whatever tier whatever tier they decide to do it in at whatever time it's minted. Mm-hmm. So they can actually buy this using soul and then from there actually what so what do they initially get as like a when you buy an NFT what do you initially get or do you initially get anything
1: so if you want to pull up the video we can show them what they're going to receive by minting one of the NFTs okay
0: which video is that it's
1: going to be the one with the the hand on the parcel of land
0: oh okay yeah, let me uh let me do this real quick. Good thing. Oh no, I did put it on here. Stand by. Stand by, folks. Yo motherfuckers. <laughs> this thing. Okay. So let's throw this on the screen. Okay.
1: So for this collection here, I, uh, I came up with another idea to... That's cool. To make it unique to each holder. Um, this is going to be the Genesis NFT from the collection. So this is the first one that we're going to be producing and offering for public sale. Okay. And actually it's more of a private sale. We're going to be doing the first 800 NFTs from the collection of a thousand in a, a private sale format where we're going to be like choosing the people who get to mint. Okay. Um, and that's just again to be calculated with who we're bringing into the community. And then the last 200 we're going to have that open to the public so anybody can mint it. Got it.
0: Okay. So so when you so when you buy an NFT, you would basically get you basically get this this video or not exactly this one or maybe is it this one or so, you
1: how does that work? Yeah. Yeah, so this video right here, this is going to be the video for, or the NFT for the first variation in the collection. Okay. And so what I came up with to make it all unique, like each one from this collection to be completely unique outside of the uh, visual image is to add a sound to it that's different than each other sound that's tied to it. So I'm outsourcing that work to a few producers who I've known just from interacting over the sure. last few years i was like you know what like one of my one of my main objectives with this nft project is to help as many people who are just starting off as possible yeah and so like i'm going to be using the platform as an incubator to like provide uh artists who haven't necessarily dealt with nfts or like are interested in nfts but don't know how to with like uh, a first consumer of their nfts so i'll like pay them to create the work i'll do like 10 one of ones based off like what they like to do for art in their own style and then i'll pay them and then airdrop that to my holders okay so they get like a first copy of a new artist and let's say that the artist emerges to be one of the greatest artists in the nft space like now they have one of the like first art or pieces of nfts or artwork from these artists got it okay so I uh, I wanted to reach out to people who don't really have that big of a platform and extract their their samples and like tie that to the NFT. That way they can they have people who are actually purchasing their work and listening to their work and like that's going to be out there for forever.
0: Yeah. Which is pretty okay. cool, I think. That that is cool. All right, that's a nice variation on it because then you have this, you have something different tied to each one. Mm-hmm. There's like a, a kernel that makes it unique and then part of it is like the token itself that is the proof that you have this like individual unique piece of art and that you're entitled to the other things that it comes with right
1: correct so like you have this video now that doesn't mean you have the nft though yeah you can screen record the nft once it's launched and say like oh i own this nft and like you can put it into a frame and be like hey like i own this and just like get really serious about it but like the the blockchain technology provides a way for people to identify whether or not you actually own this NFT.
0: Got it. Got it. So it's a way to spot fakes or to just validate who owns it. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. All right. Cool. So getting to... So, all right. High level pass, but what is Web 3.0? And then where does does this tie in? Or where do you see this eventually tying in?
1: So Web 3.0 from my understanding is just cryptocurrency blockchain technology as a whole okay um, and everything that happens within that world. Okay.
0: So it's uh, it's like a culmination of all of the different blockchain technology. <laughs> so that's like, that would be where not necessarily I don't know if this is the right way of saying it, but like I'm Bitcoin, your're Solana, Web 3.0 is kind of like the – just the space where – This room right here. Okay. <laughs> Got it. Okay.
1: That we're coexisting in, yeah.
0: Got it. Yeah. Okay. All right. And that's just kind of, and Web 3.0 is basically like a term to just kind of – something to encapsulate all of that. It's or is it an actual thing?
1: So I've looked up Web 3.0 just to make sure that like I'm using the term properly. And from my understanding, it is just like a – it's a another word for – cryptocurrencies or blockchain technology. Got it. Got it. Okay.
0: And so and that's and so this is the type of technology that people are starting to use to uh like build out their own metaverses and things like that.
1: Correct. So okay. yeah, web3 that's where the metaverses are existing. Um web3 I would say is just no centralized authority um so like facebook that that exists on web 2 like that's a central authority who has control over like who gets banned or who's able to like create an account yeah or like where you're not able to create an account like they, they have that control with decentralization or cryptocurrency or like web 3 is just so encompassing because like you have DeFi which is just a particular sector within crypto or blockchain which is just decentralized finance web 3 is all-encompassing yeah okay okay
0: got it um have you ever been
1: on like decentraland or any of these things so i've it upsets me that i haven't gone into the metaverse myself because my i i have a laptop right now and the processors in there can't handle what's going on in the metaverse. Like there's, Oh. yeah, so you need, you need some sort of computer that has the hardware to process that. I don't have that. Oh, but okay. I've, I've watched YouTube videos and like seen how it looks and it's, uh, I would say it's a nice blend between Roblox and Minecraft. Okay. Yeah, if you want to pull up uh, Sandbox, Sandbox is, it's pretty cool. Um I'd say Sandbox and Decentralane are the leaders right now. You can just do, sandbox sandbox is a, a standalone project sandbox yeah. let's see
0: is it the sandbox game if you want to go to images yeah Shit. all right let's throw this on the screen
1: <laughs> 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 uh, oh dude this, that's looks, this looks <laughs> sick that's, that's web 2 right there <laughs> <laughs> oh man
0: okay all right i see what you're saying so yeah. you got something like this what is the sandbox? Okay. Is is this it?
1: Yeah, that's the sandbox. I don't know what that video is, but I'm I'm sure it's just uh, like showing what. It oh, is I see what there.
0: you're saying. How it's like Robloxy mm-hmm. or a Minecrafty. Yeah,
1: it's kind of pixelated. It's got these. Uh, not. <laughs> Oh, and
0: you could, like, build stuff, too?
1: Yeah, so if you are a owner of land, you're able to create different things.
0: So you would own, like... So if you wanted to build this thing that we're looking at that's an animation, basically, you would have to go, like, own some sort of land in there, and then that gives you the ability to access, like, the tools to build this kind of thing.
1: Correct. So... If you Whoa. want to enter into the metaverse, you have the ability to do that just as a as a consumer um, or as somebody who doesn't own any land. But if you wanted to build, like build let's say that dragon looking thing or yeah. if you want to like actually build on parcels, you have to own the parcel to do so.
0: Okay. And then so if you wanted to like build something like that, you would need to own like a certain amount or a certain like just, parcel
1: size, just a parcel. Okay, doesn't matter the size. Okay, and I can't remember the exact dimensions. I think one parcel equates to like ninety feet, like ninety by ninety feet.
0: Okay, so if you can, uh, if you can build a dragon within ninety feet, then then you're good to do it exactly. on a parcel. Exactly. Okay, so well, I it, think that you're able
1: to build it, but I don't know if it'd be able to exist on the plot of land. Got it. Because like you have some people who are just using it as a way to. Um, conduct e-commerce and like they're they're the producers of these assets that exist on the metaverse and it's uh it's a pretty cool world because you can do anything like anything that you're doing in person or you're doing just over the internet you're now able to do this on a whole different level within the metaverse yeah and so what i want to talk about if you have a question go ahead
0: no it's more like some of this stuff scares the shit out of me because it's crazy Is with, like, social media even and looking at, like, screens all the time, you get, like, agitated if you're on this stuff too long. And now I'm like, what the fuck's going to happen if I'm in this thing all day? And it's, like, literally surrounding you. But that's my concern. But what were you going to say before that?
1: I do want to talk about that eventually. There is a a video with Gary Vee and um, Mark Zuckerberg talking about the metaverse. And I saw
0: that they did an interview, but I didn't, I didn't watch, watch the that, whole thing. Watch that. Yeah.
1: That, uh, that allows you to see years into the future. And that scares me.
0: What do you mean? It, you can see years into the future.
1: Like you can't physically see years. No, in the no, future, no, no, I know. Like as visionaries, they're able to like, see what the, what the adoption is of this technology and like the innovations that they're going to have around the technology and, understanding human behavior and how it would all transpire and so 20 years 30 years in the future when people are more comfortable with being in the luxury of their own home and being able to interact with people as if they're really there like it's it's going to cause more people to spend more time in the metaverse opposed to real life
0: yeah and that's kind of scary it is very scary it's kinda happening already with a lot of things like with social media as it is now. It's like a lot of a lot more people spend time there than they do interacting with people in real life. Like people will talk people will go on social media and post all kinds of things and say you're a piece of shit and all this stuff, and then like you go out and you say hey to somebody and they're like <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, the uh <clears throat> the idea with the metaverse is to kind of bridge the, the technology with VR and AR with social media, Yeah. where like using, let's say Facebook, Instagram, you also have the ability to communicate with people through FaceTime calls. And so you have these like layers where you're getting to something close to a personal interaction or like in-person interaction. And bringing this technology with that idea of like being closer to that person, let's say like you're, you're my wife and I haven't seen you in a year and like you're good in to a, see you, honey. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you're in a, a foreign country. Yeah. Like during the pandemic, like that was a real issue. Yeah. And so this now allows you to like, I mean, there's technology that allows you to like feel the person's touch as if they're really touching you. Yeah. Like haptic. Shoots and stuff yeah like i don't know the exact term but i think i think you're right and so like let's say you were like using the vr and the uh i don't know what they're called but for your hands and like you start touching me yeah, i can physically feel you touching me and like me me having this intimate relationship with you like it means so much more to feel you than a facetime call or a text yeah. message shit yeah it's uh it's you crazy. know who's
0: gonna be the first adopter of that Oh, we're already in it. Pornhub. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, honestly, it's, it's you great. know,
0: what, it's what's going to be crazy is that probably with some of this stuff, like I wouldn't doubt it. Pornhub, all these kinds of things are probably going to be the like the technology leaders in I this I even th- think about that, that but that yeah, yeah, for sure. They'll probably be like the the people that figure out like the most realistic sensors and things like that and then you
1: have to think about like the consumer like who who are those people who like watch a lot of porn or don't like interact with actual humans they they sit at home behind a server all day or a computer all day and so like I don't have to leave and like I can feel what I would feel if I was with an actual girl like I'm in yeah I've been in for 10 years like it's just (laughs) I haven't left my
0: basement in a long time (laughs) sign me up Zuckerberg
1: (laughs) So he's uh, he's definitely going to pave the way for AR and VR, augmented reality and virtual reality. That's why he acquired Oculus Oculus back in seven years ago. Like he was, he saw in the future like this is going to be the future. Like we're going to develop this technology, and then like he's now ready to roll out with the technology. That's why he pivoted from Facebook to Meta. Yeah, yeah. This stuff scares the shit out of me. Yeah, it's uh it's intimidating. It's it's scary because we are we are on the brink of this innovation and a lot of people like they have no idea what the fuck's going on. No idea. Cryptocurrency, VR, AR, none of that. Metaverse, they don't care. Yeah. But there's going to be a point where it's like you either hop on the boat or you get left behind and they're going to hop on the boat and then it's going to be mainstream. And then people are going to be like, how are you not in this already? And so then it's going to pull everybody else in. Yeah. And we are going to, we're going to, I don't know if it's going to bring us closer, which it might, but at the same time, it's going to isolate a lot of people or make people, very awkward and uncomfortable to interact with people in person (laughs) yeah they can become whoever they want in the metaverse yeah they can be everything that they have ever dreamed of but they couldn't because they looked they looked a certain way or they were treated a certain way in real life and people don't respect them in the same way they do within the metaverse yeah and so they're gonna be like i'd much rather be here because i'm i'm respected here i feel like a king here
0: but then it's like almost everybody becomes like the wizard of oz then not necessarily though what do you mean
1: like there's just some people who aren't cut out to be that the wizard of oz. Like there's there's somebody to be anything. But what I what I mean by that is like that a lot of
0: a lot well, I guess it kind of happens to people now anyway where you put on a a facade of who you are and what you do and all this stuff and then you find out it's it's like a little man behind the curtain pulling the the strings and it's like I guess I guess we all do that kind of naturally anyway like you here's who i am like you put it on social media here's what i do and then maybe their life really isn't quite like that i guess i guess it happens now i guess you could do that with anything maybe it's just a more intense version of a simulation that would lead to that letdown do you know what i'm saying where it's like absolutely i am this person all this stuff and then you find out i was like there's none of that but I don't know, maybe it doesn't matter. Like maybe like maybe we're just doing that same thing now. It's just a heightened version. I don't know.
1: I, I think that you make a really good point that people do have the ability to fabricate an identity where people will be able to adopt that because they don't truly know who this person is at their, at their lower depths. Yeah. But if you are creating this facade for too long, you exhaust yourself mentally and you become miserable and eventually you are you're left with nothing and you have to like refine yourself and then you're like okay like this is who i actually am yeah and so i think that i think that there is going to be some people who are like i don't like who i am and like i want to be something else and like they're able to carry that through but there's gonna be people who are like no, like i'm me and like i like me and like i'm just gonna do me yeah and like now i can throw fireballs out of my hand like it's just yeah it's boundless what you can do in the metaverse
0: it's it's not dependent on necessarily the technology it's it's how that person uses it which i guess that's that is everything and that's one of the things that i guess you can focus on the negative but i mean we're younger we're we've pretty much grown up with social media that came around when we were i don't know well how old are you 22 okay i'm 29 so it came around like i think i got a facebook in high school Mm -hmm. so it's been around since you were in like elementary school yeah i think i've had
1: a facebook since elementary school like once i got a ipod no maybe maybe middle school because i got an ipod and then to get like certain in-app benefits i had to have a facebook account so i made a facebook account for that yep and uh i think it might have been elementary school when i had my first ipod yeah, I, I've had Facebook for a while.
0: So you you've had it forever, and I think part of it too is like it can be it can be how you decide to use it. Because if you if you go out in the world, let's say no social media, right, and you just make up this whole facade about who you are, like you said, eventually it might catch up to you, and might eat you alive. If you do the same thing in the metaverse, which I don't know even what it is at this point. Like, like I don't know what this really is. Like I've never really experienced it. So I guess you can go in there do the same thing and you might also come to the same realization that, yeah, man, I'm full of shit. And it can ultimately be like a self-discovery piece or a vehicle to discovering yourself. Like, I mean, if you look at like, you you know what stoicism is? Mm -hmm. Yeah, like if you look at stoic writing, like that shit was... 2000 2000 plus years old they didn't have cars They didn't have planes but we can still understand their thoughts so i don't know maybe it's not as big of a fucking deal as ever everybody makes it out to be you know what i mean
1: i think that i mean with any sort of thing like there's there's too much and then there's complete like i, I don't want it like this yeah. is bad So it's it's all about moderation and figuring out what's best for you. Yeah. But there's gonna be there's gonna be people like you said before, like in the the porn industry, or people who like don't interact with people, or who like can't have that human interaction, who are gonna be relying on this technology to provide them with pleasure, happiness, and it's 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 sad.
0: Yeah, we're taking we're taking OnlyFans to the metaverse. (laughs) Yes, sir. (laughs) They might have a plot of land already. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. They're building fucking dragons and shit like that. Um, well, dude, so what? Uh, what else do you want to cover on this? Is there anything else about the project that you want to? Yeah,
1: I do, and I want to just explain a little more about Sandbox and Decentraland and like what okay what pros and cons they have right now. Um, so Sandbox actually operates on one server, so if that server goes down, then there's no sandbox. Well, it's it's not, not done, done, but it's offline you can't for right now. Exactly, and this is perfect. So, actually, I'll get back to that once I once I explain this. So, Decentraland it has multiple servers, but each server only allows 100 people to be on the server at any given time. On Sandbox, anyone in the world can interact on this one metaverse, which is pretty cool. Yeah, but again, you have the the downside of Single centralization. Yep, exactly. Centralization with one server, if that goes down, you can't you can't go on to a different server. So <clears throat> that's, uh, that's one of the current flaws. Um, it is decentralized in the sense of nobody owns the land, nobody owns sandbox, the owners of the parcels are the owner of the land. Okay, which is the idea of what decentralization is is like we don't have a central authority. And this is the idea of worldwide like sure. fully decentralized. You own the land that you have and you get to you get to vote on something just like a democracy, but you don't have like a some sort of authoritarian figure who is going to say like this is actually like what's going to happen or yeah. like a, a group of people who are going to control that. And so, on here, you you become an owner of the land, and you get to vote on different um, different. What's the word, word? I'm looking for upgrades to the network. Okay. So it uh, it empowers the users by providing them with a voice and a say in what happens to the project that they've invested their money into.
0: So it's like you're basically creating like representative government within these game platforms
1: essentially and there's scarce amount of land once all the land is bought then like you can only go on secondary markets and so it it emulates the idea of real life where there's a limited supply of land and we can only capitalize on so much of it and then once it's occupied then it's it's occupied wow it's pretty cool yeah that's kind of nuts that and then, how long has this stuff been around? So I was just reading the white paper for Decentraland the other day, and it's a lot of like research as I'm reading it because it's using all these terms. I'm like, I've yeah. never seen this shit before. Okay? <laughs> so so uh, with Decentraland, they started back in I think 2015, 2016, like right around when Ethereum launched. Is
0: Decentraland know. built on Ethereum? It is. Yeah, both okay. of them
1: are built on Ethereum. And so Decentraland was the first metaverse built on a blockchain, from my understanding. Um, At least the longest standing one now. And they started off with a 2D version of the game, then moved to a 3D version of the game. And then eventually going to be compatible, which somebody, I don't know if anybody listening knows more about this area than I do. And that's not me trying to be cocky. It's just very few people understand what it is that's going on in this world. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they're not fully compatible with VR just yet, but that's eventually where you're you're going to within the metaverse is hopping into it and interacting with this real or real world.
0: Got it. Okay. Yeah. So then this stuff is built. So this technology is built on Ethereum, on Correct. that blockchain technology. So you have Sandbox and you have Decentraland. Both of these are built on top of that technology so then for sandbox so decentraland is dealing with a bunch of different servers you can have up to 100
1: 100. decentraland is the multi-server sandbox is one server
0: yeah so that's so that's what i mean so decentraland has like they're they're running on a bunch of different servers but you can only have like 100 people basically in the lobby at the same time
1: from my understanding. Yes. Where, but they have multiple servers that you can interact with, but like, I think they're capped out at a hundred. Again, I, my computer doesn't have the ability to process those, uh, those servers or to access to those the servers. So I haven't got to go into it myself, which once I launch this project, I, I hope that I can join and yeah. actually understand what it's like to be in the metaverse, but yeah, I, I think it's like going on to I don't know if you've been on Roblox or Minecraft, but like servers have like max capacity, and then if 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 it's maxed out, then you have to either wait for somebody to leave or you can go to another server and interact on there. Okay. Yeah.
0: Um. So who hosts these different servers? So like I know that it's not owned by a single person, but how are these things hosted?
1: So that's an excellent question, and. I didn't do the research on that specifically, but I kind of just pulled my understanding of how Ethereum works. And I'm assuming that they're just like using certain nodes on the network to process like these servers. Okay. Or to run these servers. Okay,
0: got it, got it. Um, yeah, dude, this shit's, is, yeah, it's super interesting. Like as I'm – and this is helping me like paint the picture because I'm part, sure. I'm sure. part of it – part of the issue too is not knowing anything about any of these – any of this technology and then trying to bridge that gap. It's like – it almost seems impossible. So some of these conversations that we've been having is, has helped a lot. I'm like sure. Like this, this – I, I can wrap my head around this. Even if I don't understand it, I can – I can understand like something about it. You know, like I can see the bigger picture of it, even if I don't understand the details. I I
1: think that having a conversation, absolutely. I think having a conversation with anybody who actually understands web three is vital to immersing yourself in it and building a foundation of understanding around it. Cause like I started investing back in 2020, May 2020, um, and I, I didn't really care about it. Like, I didn't know what, what I was doing. I was just like, here's some money and like yeah. you know, hope for the best. Yeah. I bought my first Ethereum though for $220, which is now sitting at around like 4300 It fluctuates. But. Holy shit. Yeah, that was, uh, that was definitely one of my best investments in crypto. Um, and then I bought Mana initially at like $0.24. Cents, and then once Meta or Facebook had announced that they're going to be moving to The name Meta, mana went from 24 cents or it wasn't at 24 cents at that time. It was like sitting around 70, 80 cents. It went all the way to I think like three or four dollars in a matter of like a day or two, which is absolutely insane. Like you can't find that in the stock market. Yeah. Um but you have you have uh oh, so if you're trying to get into it, like you can watch YouTube videos, like you can kind of build understanding, but like I've I've never really gone out of my way to build an understanding around one subject. Like I've kind of just been like around people who understand it and like build my learning sure. there. And so it's, uh, and then I was also just kind of fixated on watching my, my account go up in value and go down in value and like not really understanding what it is that like I'm investing in. So I was like, okay, like, let me take this more seriously. Cause like, this is the future and like I believe in it and so i started looking into it i started reading about it and then going to this convention in miami it was uh it was very humbling because i thought i knew so much and then being around people who've been in the industry for a decade like they they have an understanding that i can't even come close to yeah and so i was like damn like i don't know yeah i don't know shit." and so then it was it was motivating like it was uh i had looked at it as demeaning initially i was like man like fuck, like, what am I doing with my time? Like, am I just sitting there on my phone looking at these charts or am I like actually doing something about it? Yeah. And so I uh, I started asking questions. Like after the first day, I wrote down like a bunch of notes that I, had, I was able to reiterate from um, my interactions with these different stands and different people and like listening to different speakers. And then the next day I was like, okay, like having to – pull that information late at night and like put it into a document it's just not easy so i went to each stand i asked a bunch of questions and then i kind of built an understanding of what it is that they were doing and then i'll go down i go to the table sit down and like write out like everything that i had just understood from this uh the stand and so i learned so much about what's out there and then what you're able to do with this technology which yeah. is i mean it's it's so fun to talk about because it is the future and it's happening right now whether we know it or not and being able to get in early like before the before the internet like that if you could go back in time like people would be like oh my gosh like if only i knew like here yeah. it is like y- you you know that it's here now like whether you want to invest in it or not like that's up to you but that's this is me speaking from experience and trying to get other people to get invested or get immersed in this this uh, new era of technology is just like throw a little bit of money in and like forget about it and do that as often as you can. Like if you have 10 bucks every week that you can put into it, like over the next year, you have $520, probably gonna be more than that, that you have in Bitcoin or these other cryptocurrencies that have the ability to appreciate value opposed to putting your fiat currency in a bank account where it's just gonna sit there and depreciate. Yeah. So it's uh, it's all about being able to take risk, and I mean, I- I'd say learn as you go. But like you just putting money into Bitcoin over the next five ten years, doing that opposed to putting into a mutual fund or putting into your bank account, like you're gonna come out on top. Yeah, and people just don't take the time to do that, or they're they are scared about what they don't know people are scared about what
0: they don't know because it's really confusing because it's di- oh, digital currency and then also it goes up and down so much and then there's a lot of stuff around it that people are saying like well it's a scam and it's gonna like it's gonna mm-hmm. drop and blah 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 and i mean i know like hillary clinton just got on tv like a week ago and was like oh you know watch out for the scams with it and people like buy that stuff but i don't know Anytime that she says anything, I'm like, it's probably the opposite's true. But yeah, absolutely. Not even a political thing. It's like she's just part of an establishment of people that are running things the way it's run now. And I don't know. It seems like a threat. I and I'm I'm even in this boat, right? I'm like getting I'm diving into this like, and I don't I'm not invested in Bitcoin. I bought Dogecoin in 2018 as a joke. Really, and. It, wor- it worked out well.
1: I'm glad. Yeah. Wow. Good for you. Yeah. And, and, <laughs>
0: and it was like,
1: do you have uh, access to those funds or like, can you tap into those? Or what do you mean? Like, what'd you buy it on?
0: Uh, I bought it on Robinhood. Okay. So, uh, so I sold it like a few months ago or something. But like, yeah, I it I went up to like $6,000 and it dropped way down below that. And I just sold it because I was. Starting this stuff and I needed to buy a bunch of equipment. Mm-hmm. But uh Thanks, Doge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guy, whoever made that. Thank you. Appreciate and it. And he made
1: it as a joke too. And then you have you have all these people who are putting their money into something that has real no intrinsic value outside of being a meme. And that's where you get wrecked. That and that's so that's
0: what the concern is, and that's why I'm like hesitant, because I'm like, it's a fucking thing called Dogecoin. It's about like a meme and then all this stuff went up, and and I made a bunch of like money from that. Not like uh, not life changing, but just like enough to buy like a couple pieces of equipment. But like looking at that, I was like, I don't understand this shit at all. So partially seeing that, and then uh, I think I said it on the other podcast with the guy, but that guy John McAfee that started like McAfee Security, mm-hmm. he was like big into Bitcoin. He had he g- committed suicide in a prison in Spain. And he literally had, like, a tattoo on his arm that says like, I will not kill myself. Like, if I killed myself, I didn't kill myself. Somebody killed me. And I was watching an interview with him, and he was talking about, yeah, you know, crypto is not an investment. It's a currency and blah, blah, blah. Like, I bought a hotel room with it, and I did this and this with it. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, this is a guy who literally has a real antithetical relationship with, like, the U.S. government and these powerful people, like, and he's using it for this stuff, like, I don't know, like, we have such a corrupt system right now, like, can this be used as, like, legitimate currency, and I don't know, that's, that's, like, the intriguing part that's keeping me here more than the initial rush of the investment stuff, because, I already tried that and I don't understand it. And it feels a lot like the stock market just going up and down like willy nilly. But if it can become something like actual usable currency, then that's what's keeping me like invested, investing my attention. Does that make sense?
1: Absolutely. Um, If you don't mind, can I take the reins here? Yeah. So you, you made a good point with like the... US dollar value or the fiat value of the currency fluctuates all the time, but what you're owning, just like let's say you own gold, like you still own the same amount of gold. You still own the same amount of Ethereum or Bitcoin. That's not going away. The value in the short term, which a lot of people are just too wrapped up in the short term rather than thinking long term, is that like, it's going to fluctuate and like, it's going to be like, oh shit. Like I feel rich today. Like I fucking feel amazing. I'm going to buy myself a coffee and the next you're like, oh my God, like, I'm going to kill myself. Like, yeah It's just, it's too volatile to attach your emotions to. And I've, I've gone wrecked. And like, I, I have attached my emotions to it and I felt empty inside. Like it's, it's very, it's, it's demeaning. It's, uh, it just dra- drains your energy.
0: That's what I'm talking about. Was is like the prevention of like diving into it for an investment from my side. So then, not that I'm I'm staying away from it entirely from it, but I've gotten away from thinking of it like an investment for that reason. Felt empty, felt hollow. This other way of looking at it, I don't know, seems more useful, more practical, less gambly. So sorry that that's that was what that's where I was coming from on the like investment way of looking at So what, sorry to interrupt. What were you saying? Very good.
1: So I would say, are you saying like now that you're seen as a currency opposed to an investment vehicle, like yeah. that's where you're like, okay, like this makes sense. Like I'm more on board with this idea. Exactly. Okay, so that that's perfect. And like, I'm thinking when I'm investing in this currency, yeah, like I can go liquidate it and I can use that to go buy a coffee or whatever. And I have a card, a crypto.com card. And I would love if I can attach it to the video so I can have people use my link, which would be sure incredible. But you're able to you're able to put $400 down into this card. Or if you want to do the other tiers, there's 400, four hundred, four thousand, forty thousand, dollars $4,000, $40,000, and the $400,000. And each one has its own perks tied to it. But if you do the $400 card, which I actually have on me, um, this is the crypto.com card i get my spotify reimbursed and then i feel that it's did you a, buy
0: this because matt damon told you to buy this no
1: <laughs> i i oh actually i did see that commercial it's a badass commercial but uh i've had the oh. card since i want to say like march maybe february oh this is cool yeah and so i just got the indigo so i upgraded to the 4000 uh usd one and I had initially bought into Crow when it was sub 10 cents and like it just ran up to 99 cents. Um, Once they announced that crypto.com was going to be taking over the Staples Arena, Staples Center in LA. And so that was, that was huge for crypto. Um, But this card allows me to get reimbursed for Spotify. And then the one that I just upgraded to, it allows me to get reimbursed for Spotify, reimbursed for um, Netflix. And then I think it's also, 10% 10% off of Airbnb or something like that. And then I also get um, private lounge airport access. So I can go to lounge, just hang up for my flights just by having a card. Um, and then I also get, I get staking rewards, which is like lending my money, like yeah, lend my money to an exchange. So they're able to then use that money however they want to. And then I get paid for it. So I get, I think it's, I can't remember how much it is. It might be like ten percent APY. And so that's like four hundred dollars a year if it if it didn't appreciate in value, but like it's it's getting paid not in USD but in the cryptocurrency itself. So it's getting paid in an asset that appreciates. Huh. Okay. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um and then I also get three percent cash back or crypto back. I get paid back in crypto. So I actually put this in my story the other day. So I've been I've been doing this or I've had this card since I think February or March. And so when I was getting reimbursed for Spotify, I was getting reimbursed like I want to say forty crow. And so it was like forty seven, forty eight crow. And at the time it was five fifty six. But that five fifty six is now worth. I mean, when it ran up to ninety nine cents, it was worth fifty dollars. But like that was just a Spotify payment that I got reimbursed, and now turned into like ten x. Yeah. So it's yeah. pretty cool. It's really cool.
0: That is cool. Yeah. All right. All right. Interesting. So with this, with the the link that you're talking about, yeah. is that, so uh, with that, like, is do you have, like, a link that you can send me? Yeah. I so what I'll do is I'll actually put that in the show notes of this, so that way when people go to look up the episode, whether it's on Spotify, YouTube, Apple, they can actually go through that and then you get like some sort of referral or something?
1: Yeah, so we'll both get, so if they sign up, there'll be no reward, but if they go through to get the Crow card, which I recommend, it's it uh, allows you to, allows you to, let's say you have cryptocurrency and you're holding it on their platform, you're able to liquidate it into USD and then you're able to spend the USD on this card and then get paid crypto back. Oh, okay. Yeah, so allows you to just have, you're essentially becoming your own bank. Yeah. And like you're able to host assets in your bank account. And then whenever you want to liquidate that for fiat and spend the fiat as you please.
0: Damn. I feel like my head's going to explode. This is pretty cool stuff.
1: It is overwhelming. And like, it's a lot of information coming at you at once. And like, you've asked some fantastic questions. I go into like Starbucks where like I'll go into study mode at home and like I'm trying to learn all this information. I'm like, okay, like I, I don't even want to hear about Bitcoin. I don't hear about nothing. Cause like, it's just, it's so much information and like you have to be such a critical thinker and like, a, okay. Like it applies here, like pulling, um, yeah, different things so that you can build that understanding, but it's just so much information, so much learning. Yeah. It's exhausting. Yeah. Well, so dude, I think
0: on, on this note, Let's let's wrap this up. But okay. where can people where can people find you? Where th- can they get involved with this project? Um Yeah, where where can they do all that?
1: Um So, I would say that you can go onto the Instagram page, if you don't mind pulling that up again. Sure. So, you can find me on there. That's going to be the Cleanlands Project account. Um you can also go onto the website to see what it is that we're doing. You can go onto Twitter. If you can pull up um, TCLP underscore NFT on Twitter, that's where most of um, crypto and NFTs are kind of like happening. That's the the platform of choice. So just go on to Twitter. Okay.
0: I might not actually have a
1: I don't know if you need an account for Twitter. And then go to search Twitter TCLP underscore NFT. So that's gonna be the account right there. Okay. Um they can follow me there. They can, um, yeah, those are probably actually and TikTok. I definitely need some followers on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but uh yeah, I'm uh, I'm all across platforms. You can find my personal Instagram or um Twitter page, like tied to those accounts. Um yeah. I, uh, I'm right now I'm located in Pasco. Um, I don't know how long I'm going to be there, but I'll be in Florida for the next year at least. Cool. Yeah. Sweet. All right, dude. Well, thanks for coming and doing this. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's, uh, it's been fantastic.
0: Hell yeah. I'm glad we did this and this helped a lot. So, um, yeah, I'm interested to see what's going to come from this. This is, this is pretty fucking
1: sweet, man. I'm excited. I think that this next year is going to be, uh, quite the ride.
0: Hell yeah. All right. Sweet. Well, thanks for listening, everybody.
1: Cool. Hell yeah, that was fun. Yeah, was a great time.